Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco. And this week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome back a favorite guest of ours, Lincoln Salt Dogs left-hander Greg Minier. Greg, thanks for coming back and joining us this week. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I think that this is the first time we had a guest on three times in the same season. Am I wrong about that, Kevin? Um, it, very possibly, at least a player. I mean, it's possible that, you know, we may have had Dan Vaughn on three times. He is kind of our go-to guy. But I think player-wise, I think you're correct. This is our first um, triple guest. So well, you're officially our favorite guest of all time, Greg. What an honor. This is some uncharted territory that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. What was that? Make sure you get that on your resume. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's well, Greg, That's awesome. uh, for fans out there, what, what, what do you got going on right now? Before we dive into the season, what's happening with Greg Minier? So right now I am in Ponce, Puerto Rico and I am playing for the Ponce Leones, and we are in um, our first season after being um, on hiatus for the last eight years, and so we're a, uh, a, a brand new, but we're a, a, a familiar team to the country, and we are in a, a six-team league in the, um, in, the, uh, in the winter league that's down here right now. So I am uh, one of the uh, five, start, five or six starting pitchers that we have, and uh, uh, we are trying to do our best to bring home a championship to Ponce, which, who hasn't had a team in over eight years. So um, this is a very historical moment for the city and for the country itself and for the league. So we're, I'm glad to be a part of a, a situation like this. Well, fantastic. How, how do you... Uh, so this is winter ball. So tell us a little about how you decided that this was the team you were going to play for this year. So um, I had a few options as far as uh, where I was going to be going to winter ball. I, I had some interest from a couple teams in Mexico, a couple teams in Venezuela. And then uh, interestingly enough, um, one of the, uh, one of the coaches from the Milwaukee milkman, the pitching coach, uh, he actually uh, had some connections down in Puerto Rico and he pulled some strings for me, and next thing I know, I heard from uh, the manager down here from the Leonas, and uh, he said that he wanted me, and he was going to make me a priority for them, and uh, and uh, here I am. I'm pitching down for the for the Leonas de Ponce, and I've been here for the last couple of weeks now. Are there any other names down there that American Association fans would be familiar with? Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but uh, there's a guy named Jimmy Kerrigan that's down here with me. Uh, we have uh, Jimmy baseball. Kerrigan from uh, – I'm sorry? He's, he's pretty good at baseball. He's pretty good at baseball, yeah. I, I think he, he hits the ball pretty well. He's pretty good. Um, we also have uh, Kevin Santa, and we have J.C. Escarra from um, the uh, Monarchs are down here as well. Um, we have a couple other guys who were in the league a couple years ago. We have uh, Joe Huertas, who was with me for a little bit with um, uh, Lincoln in 2021. And we also have Luis Roman, who was also with us for 2021 for, 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 for a little bit of time. And I think he also spent some time with uh, Kane County as well last year. Um, so, yeah, so we have a few guys that, that, uh, that were some familiar faces when I first showed up here, which is pretty cool. Well, wow, and uh, 
you were telling us before the show began, team off to a little bit of a tough start for you. Yeah, so, you know, we went through our I – only. Mean, so the, the issue was was that we ran to several rainouts just right off the bat. We, had, we struggled to have, like, practice time. Um, the state – our home field, our stadium, was still not quite completed yet, so we didn't have a, a stadium to practice on. So we were in um, high school – um, batting cages that had, you know, just enough room for a cage and then a pitching lane, and that was kind of it. And we did that for about two weeks, three weeks, you know, depending on how early you were here for the uh, for for the winter version of spring training, and then um, and then the season started, and then we ran into uh, several more rainouts, and so I was supposed to be throwing on opening day, which would have been November fifth, and then that got rained out, and then we got pushed a couple extra days, and so I made my first start on the road and then um you know we had a few more rain outs and so i finally got to throw at home um for our home our official home opener on uh i believe it was saturday night and so uh we had you know somewhere around fifteen thousand fans and then the game was tel- uh, televised nationally for the uh for the island of puerto rico so um it was it was a pretty big deal and it was a very very uh memorable experience to be a part of and i'm you know just very grateful that we're bringing baseball back to ponce and to just you know the southern part of the island and it's just been so cool just to be welcomed by so many people here especially being a a a, a person that's not from here now i'm i'm curious greg because we we've talked to people about this uh, as a matter of fact we were our guest last week and last week we were talking with about this as well and uh, you know, uh, Miles Smith we, we talked to us a little bit about he was struggling early part of the season because he played winter ball, and that was a lot, kind of taxing on his arm. And uh, so it yeah. took him a little while to get his strength back again. What What's the, you know, the happy medium, I guess, for you of playing winter ball but wanting to give your arm a rest for next season? I mean, I think I think it comes down to vocalizing what what you're comfortable with. You know, I mean, for me – I threw on Saturday night, and it was the first time I had thrown more than five innings in over two months. And, you know, I was feeling, you know, I, I probably I probably could have thrown a sixth inning, but I, I think that, you know, for the sake of us trying to win a game, I knew that, like, I, there might have been a chance that, you know, my focus wouldn't have been up to par going into a sixth inning, and I knew that I could rely on my teammates to kind of get the job done for us. And, you know, and, that, and sometimes that you just have to be okay with that. You know, your starter gave it everything he got. And at, at that point, you got to rely on, a, you know, the next man up to get in there and get the job done as well. So, you know, for me, the happy medium is just, just communicating with my coaches and communicating with my team where I feel with my fatigue levels. You know, if I, am I gassed? You know, if I'm completely gassed and I get everything I got and I give you guys five strong, then – that's what I gave you that day. And then, you know, we're going to hope in about five, six days I can give you six strong. And I keep trying to just build back up my, my stamina. But ultimately I have to protect my career and I have to know that, like, you know, I can't overdo these things, you know, so early on in, in, in a season where they're going to expect me to have, you know, somewhere between another, you know, 15 to 20 more starts. And this is just the very beginning. So we have to just continue to build and, and kind of find everybody's, you know, happy medium where everyone is feeling good and feeling healthy and feeling like they're developing. And at the same time, they're not overdoing it because we're going to get ready to go back again in, you know, a, a few short months. And we got to go back for our spring seasons and our summer seasons. So I think it's just a matter of just communicating and making sure that everybody 
knows where everybody stands. Any thought in your mind about, well, you know, I, I, you had a long season. You pitched a lot of innings for Lincoln this last year. Any thoughts about, well, maybe winter ball is right, or you're feeling really strong and, and wanting to go out there and play a little bit ex, extra baseball here in the winter? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling really strong, and, you know, I have, I have some time off. And, you know, my, my goal is to become a major league pitcher, and my goal is to become, you know, one of the oldest pitchers to ever retire from the game. Like, I want to be playing this game into my, like, early 60s if I can. But, you know, I think I have to continue to prove every chance that I have that I'm one of the best pitchers in the world. So if I have an opportunity to come down to Latin America and prove that some more, then I'm going to go ahead and do that and maybe open some more eyes and just let people know that, like, I'm here and I have the ability to pitch at the highest level, and I'm proving it each day that I show up. So this is an opportunity for me, and I communicate whatever I need as far as, like, what my happy medium is, and we go from there. A couple of uh, hurricanes, I believe, in the area down there, too. Any of those kind of come close, give you some bad weather at all? Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing with, uh, with the rainouts. I think that the weather has kind of been a little wonky. And one of, the, one of the sayings here is that, like, the entire island of Puerto Rico can be raining except for Ponce. And right off the bat, we've just been slammed with rain left and right. Um. I think partially it has to do with, like, the hurricane. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes just the weather gets a little wonky and there's just other plans that are, that are meant for us. And so I think that, uh, you know, I think we're starting to slowly get past it. But, you know, I think that's just something that you can't really avoid. And ultimately, I think that, you know, with the hurricane coming through here, we didn't get affected too badly. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that, like, it seems like everyone here is very resilient and will find a way to get the job done because, you know, that's the only way that you move forward. So for those of us that don't follow winter leagues very closely, in comparison to an American Association season where it's a 100-game season, it mm-hmm. can be a bit of a long season. Where is the intensity level pitching winter ball compared to an American Association season? Is it a situation where you're going down there and you think, okay, I want to work on some stuff? Or is there still that laser focus on winning like you have during the summer? I I would say there's a little bit of both. Um, I think that for certain individuals, let's say if you come from an affiliate and you're down here, a lot of the affiliate um, higher-ups will say, hey, we have so-and-so player, and then what they'll do is they'll send a memo to the manager of the winter ball team and say, hey, so-and-so can only pitch one inning at a time, and if he does throw in said inning, then he needs to have at least one, one game off. You know? And that's for some of the guys who are an affiliate. Then there's other guys like me who are you know, in independent baseball, and I'm a free agent. I can do whatever I want. So if I choose that I want to throw – nine innings every game, then I have that right to do so. But at the same time, I still have to be looking out for myself. So I think, again, it just comes down to everybody's happy medium. And um, I think that for most guys, you know, this is a, you know, this is their home, this is their home country, this is their home territory. There has been a history of, you know, you know, many, many guys as heroes coming back home from Major League Baseball, coming home from wherever in the world they're coming from to come and play 
for their for their cities for their their territories and this is a source of national pride as well so first and foremost this is all about national pride you know you get your you get your work done sure but you know it's at the end of the day it's about winning and it's about the bragging rights and for me I'm here about winning. I'm about the bragging rights. And you know what? Because we're winning, and if I'm on the mound because we're winning, then people's eyes are going to get opened up. And, you know, it's because I've been working very hard to hone in my skills as well. So I think that's, that's kind of where they both kind of play hand-in-hand hand with each other. Now, now I'm hearing – I haven't actually been to a game in Mexico, but I'm hearing fans are – extremely intense and, and fervent there. Are you finding that same kind of thing down there in Puerto Rico? So let me tell you, I mean, let me just paint the picture for you. So, again, Ponce is at the very southern tip of, of, of Puerto Rico, and they haven't had a, a winter ball team in the last eight years. So, you know, I hear from my manager, you know, before I sign, he's like, hey, we want to make you guys, you want to make you the opening day starter for us. And so the schedule comes out. We were going to have the opening game, you know, on November 5th, and we get rained out. So we go on the road. We play a few road games and everything like that. And then eventually the way that the starting rotation worked out was going to have me at another shot against um, a different team for the opening day where there wasn't going to be any rain. So we drew in 15 thousand people to the stadium and it was still probably only half packed but we drove we drove in 15,000 people there was constant you know advertising there was billboards there was tv commercials like anything you could think of in order to get the word out it was out there and then I got to be the opening day starter for this team as a foreigner imagine that as a foreigner and it was a game that was nationally televised and wow. when I say that, like, after I got my first strikeout, that building was shaking, I can honestly tell you that I don't even need, what is it called, a Richter scale to tell you that there was an earthquake beneath my feet. Like, I could feel the vibrations on the mound <laughs> in this, you know, renovated stadium. And, you know, the whole night was just, you know, strike after strike and just people just exploding with just energy. You know, there was horns, there was a band going on, you know, my teammates were absolutely hyped up and, you know, everyone just had so much energy and so much passion for the game that, I mean, it was just truly unmatched from any baseball experience I probably had to this point in my career at all, you know, and it was just such an enriching and such an unforgettable experience of like, that's something that I am going to remember for the rest of my life. Like that was the situation that I was finding myself in <laughs> only a couple nights ago. You need to bring that kind of atmosphere um, back to Lincoln. You're telling me, man. <laughs> that seems like yeah. there'd be a lot of pressure, though, too. I mean, it Is depends that... on how you look at pressure. I mean, I, I don't really I don't really think about it as pressure. I think about it as an opportunity for me to just go and put on a show. You know, like, I mean, me putting that kind of pressure on myself, I mean, it doesn't really serve me because the thing is, if I'm thinking about those, about like not, you know, messing up in front of these people and they're going to boo me, like then obviously I'm going to not perform to my, the top of my abilities. So like, I don't think about it like that. I just think about it as like, Hey, like this is more people who get to watch me do my thing, you know? So I don't think about it like that. 
That's pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome for you there, Greg. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Well, well let's back. Let, 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 let's let's back up a little bit here and talk about uh, 2022 season with you. Uh, kind of a crazy last weekend that gets you guys into the playoffs. What, what, what was that last yeah. weekend like for you guys every day during that series? Honestly, we just knew it was going to be do or die. Um, you know, we, 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 we went into that Sioux Falls series, and I'll be honest with you, we knew that they wanted to go home. It wasn't the season that they wanted. And so, you know, all we had to do was just show up and just bring more energy. If we did that, we knew we were going to win. And we, we, handled, we, handled, we, we handled business, right? And then we got to Sioux City, and, again, it was the same thing. Like, you know, we, we ended up losing that first game, and so our backs were completely on the wall at that point. And I think, you know, if I, my memory serves me now, like, that was I, – I threw in the first game of that one, and we lost. And then after that, you know, it was kind of, there was kind of two things that, that, were, that, were, that were in the atmosphere. It was like, one, for them, well, great. We got rid of Greg. We got, you know, we got past him. We got the win. This is kind of in the bag for us, you know. And at the same time for us, it was like, okay, well, you know, so what? Like, we don't need Greg in order to, to finish this thing off. We were going to get the job done regardless. They don't have anybody as good as Greg or, you know, they don't have a staff that can compete with us and that's going to keep us out from winning these games, you know. And then as soon as the game started going, games two, three, and four, we just, we just felt the energy, and they just didn't have it. They didn't want it as badly as we did, and then it came down to game 100, and then uh, Montgomery, I think he ended up getting tossed, and, you know, as, as soon as he got tossed, and it was like the second inning, you can just kind of tell that they were just kind of flat, and we weren't going to go flat. We were going to go hard, and, you know, we ended up, we ended up taking it to them in the end, at the end of the season, and that's when the game that counted the most. So, you know, it just goes to show you that, like, it takes a team to, to win this thing, and like not not one individual is responsible for 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 for, for a team's success, especially in this sport, you know. So I gave it everything I got, but my team also gave it everything they got for the next three games after that, and that's all you could ever ask for. Entering that series where you guys are at at the standings, you you know you have to win three of those games. Right. Were you, were you guys like? There, there's just no doubt. We're we're pulling this out here. I would say, I would say there was there was en- there was enough confidence to know that you know we were going to pull this out. I think at the back of everyone's heads, there was like you know if we lose one more, we're done. But I think the 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 internal voice and all, and then the internal feeling or like the overall arch the overarching feeling in everyone's minds was that like again we're gonna do this you know we're gonna do this and they don't have the firepower to take us out and i think we kind of went into that with the next three games and we handled we handled business and i think that's just something that goes to, goes to show you about our team we just we, we're just gritty you know we we're gritty and we wanted them more than they did now you go into the playoffs and uh, I would assume everybody's kind of mentally exhausted after that last series of the weekend. <laughs> what, 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 what do you guys you, – you come out, you toss a great game against Matt Hall. Unfortunately, he, he mm-hmm. just has a little bit better of a night. What, well, what did you mm-hmm. guys feel about that performance? What did you feel about your performance in the playoffs? I honestly – I'm still – ripped up about that one. I made one mistake in the first inning and they hit the home run and I'm going against the only guy with a better ERA than me. 
and that still bothers me to this day. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I mean, other than that, like, I could say that was probably one of the best performances I've had in the time that I've been in the, the American Association. And I talked to J.C. Escar and Kevin Sansa about it, and they're like, dude, like, every time you, you faced us, you, you were at your best. And, you know, we didn't do much against you. It just happened to be just, you know, one run here or one run there. And then, you know, we had someone on their squad, like either if it was Matt Hall or whoever else, just have a great game that day as well, and they'd shut us down. And I think that was, a different, that was simply the difference between Kansas City and us. You know, it's just that, you know, they're going to put together – they're they're gonna put together their A game eighty five to ninety percent of the time and I think that, you know, when it came to them, you kinda of knew that and it was kind of an intimidating, you know, force to go up against for a three game series or four game series depending on who you are. And, you know, it's just it's it's tough to play against those guys, you know? They're winners. They're winners and they got the job done, you know, and so I tip my hat to Matt Hall for throwing a seven-inning shutout or whatever it was, and, you know, I, I gave, uh, you know, a, a one-run performance under six. So, like, you know, he, he was a better pitcher that day. But I, I, it's not like I don't think about that. I think about that quite often, believe me. <laughs> you guys almost battled back to win that game still, and, you know, you kept the team in the, in the contest. I, I thought that showed a lot of heart from you Salt Dogs. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, for the last, well, at least the last two years that I've been there, like our, our, our slogan has been that these guys were gritty. You know, it's like, okay, sure, we may not have the firepower. We may not have the names that, like, Kansas City might have had, but, like, we have, we have the fight. We have, we have the, the grit, you know, in order to go up against guys that, like, you know, are probably on paper supposed to beat us, but that's not what baseball is, you know? And so... You know the fact that we were able to put up such a fight against those guys, even to get through. And the thing is, they, they, the thing is, is that we knew that Kansas City was going to be making a mistake by picking us, right? All right, it was it Kansas City? Or was it actually Fargo? Oh, Kansas, it was Kansas, Kansas City, right? Kansas, Kansas, yeah, they, yeah, Fargo yeah. and Winnipeg. So, yeah, right, right, it's right. Yeah, so we knew that they were making a mistake, you know, and so. You know, like I, I tip my cap to to Joe for 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 believing that you know his guy was going to be able to be better than me. You know, uh, you know, and because we knew it was going to be the pitching matchup of the year, it didn't happen all year until, um, until you know the the, the playoff game. But you know, obviously he 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 he, he gambled correctly, and you know he, they got the job done. But you know, I think that shows. Uh, shows the kind of uh, that's, that's the kind of belief that Joe has in his guys. So, like, hats off to him as well. You know? So. You enter into yeah, this, this contest. Clearly, everybody's kind of patting Matt Hall, and you know, is going to be the, the top pitcher in the league, and, you know, you were just right behind him in a lot of statistical categories. How did you feel personally about the matchup and what you wanted to accomplish in that game? That I was going to beat him? <laughs> I didn't care about anything that he did this year and that, like, I was going to come in and I'm going to show everybody that, like, his numbers were just as good as mine and I was just as effective as he was, you know? And so, sure, like, the numbers may show, like, numerically that he was better than me, 
but like as a pitcher holistically that we are just the same and I was going in there thinking that I was better than he was. So I don't think that anything that you know, any any voting or anything like that, I think that we were one A, one B, and me being one A. <laughs> you know? I like so. that approach. <laughs> I, appreciate I like that. that. Now, looking back on the season, very tough West Division. Uh, you guys were, you know, finishing fourth in the division, but you know, I don't, I don't, you can't really hang your head low on the the top team, the team that won the championship, the team with the top record is in that division, and then a Winnipeg club that put together quite a run for a little while there. So, uh, how did you, how do you evaluate the overall season for the club and for yourself personally? Um, I would say. I would say, first, I'll, I'll work. I'll work this way. So I'll say personally, I think that I put up a very eye-opening season for myself and for the league. Um, I realized I learned. I learned a lot of things about myself as who I am as a competitor and what my strengths are and how I operate and play this game. And I think that it rubbed off onto my team after after a certain amount of time when people started believing in what I was doing on the mound and, you know, when they wanted to know what the secret sauce was that, you know, put together my season. And I think once we started doing that, I think that, you know, we started seeing a little bit more success. And then as far as like the league was going on the West side, like, you know, we, we saw who the top, I would say we, we saw, we saw a, what top five teams, I'd say. I mean, sure. We had fallen into a skid and we were sitting behind Sioux city for a while. But ultimately, though, like, we were going to allow them to do whatever they needed to do in order to, you know, get to that point. And, you know, it, again, like, the 180 season tells you everything you need to know about a team. And, of course, it's going to come down to game 100. You know, it came down to that, like that for us in 2021 with, with the Houston. And, you know, this year it came down to that with, you know, uh, the Sioux City. And so, you know, the fact that we were playing past, what was it, September 5th, shows you what kind of team that we are, you know? And, of course, when you have teams like Fargo and Kansas City doing just, you know, absolutely ridiculous things with their with their seasons, you know, like, you know, you 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 just kind of have to tip your cap and let them run their run their course and, you know, they do their thing. But I'll tell you what, whenever they faced us, they didn't do that, you know, remarkably well, you know, at least against me, I'd say. But, um, you know, I think that, like, if you if you if you have the belief in yourself and you have the belief in your abilities, it doesn't matter who you're facing. It just matters about who wants it more and who's going to compete and who's going to execute. And I think, in I would say probably ninety to ninety five percent of those those events where I was on the mound, it was going to be me being on the top of those games. And uh, I would say that like that's no disrespect to anybody because these are all good, very good ball clubs. But you know, there's there's you know, there's a reason why I was at the top of that list for ERA is because I did I, I executed the best. And, you know, I think that with the American Association, I think that we put together a pretty solid product. I think that we find a lot of talented baseball players and we put together some very competitive games that people need to be paying attention to because there are a lot of guys here who deserve an opportunity to play at higher levels. And, you know, I am very thankful for the American Association to even give this opportunity because if it wasn't for that, you know, I'd be sitting, at, I'd be sitting on the couch right now, you know. So um, just overall, I think that 
um, just the situation I've been in the last couple of years has just been such an opportunity that I'm just so thankful for. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I don't know where I'd be without it, to be honest with you. You mentioned uh, 2021 and the finish to that season. Going into the end of the 2022 season, was there any extra motivation to get in the playoffs, just remembering how the previous season had turned out? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about your core who was there for 2021, like you could tell, when you look in each other's eyes, uh, the guys who were there for that team, you look in their eyes and say, oh, you, you're telling me we got to play another do-or-die game 100? We're not losing the same way we did to, <laughs> to Houston. That was just not going to happen. That was not an issue. And I'll tell you, the energy in that dugout from before the first pitch started, you can tell that there was something in the air that was encapsulating, like, our dugout. And at the same time, you could tell that it was not in Sioux City's dugout. And I think that the better team won that day. So it's, it's very funny that you mentioned that, but absolutely. There was something that's, that, that – and, and it didn't have to even be spoken. We just knew that we weren't going to lose again the way that we did last year to a team that's not as good as we are, plain and simple. Could you – you know, especially watching on Monday, it looked like Sioux City was really having a hard time getting themselves up for that contest. I mean, I don't know if they felt like Doomsday was on them or something right there. But on the field, could you guys sense that, man, we've got these guys right where we want them? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you also have to imagine, I mean, we also just picked up Kevin Sampson. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, the thing of the Kevin Sampson – you know, long story short, you know, things didn't work out with him in Sioux City, and we're picking him up for the last, like, 10 games of the season. And now we're going to tell me that we're going to do a do-or-die series with him on our side now after all that's been going on? There's no and, – and for him to be such a big part of that team, like, there's no way that we were going to lose, lose that series. I think that they got their one game because that's how baseball goes. But you can just tell. I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not going to say it was Doom Day, but I, I, I'll, I'll say that it was. There was. They weren't as hungry as we were. They weren't as hungry as we were. We wanted. We wanted to. We wanted. To, we wanted to be popping champagne by the end of this whole thing, and that's exactly what we ended up doing. The first time that Lincoln had been in the playoffs, I think, since 2017, if I remember this correctly. And what was the atmosphere around Lincoln when you guys make it to that playoff series? There was a little bit of a buzz. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we, had, we had some we, – the, the news had got, gotten around, and, you know, we, people knew that it was going to be a big series coming up against uh, uh, Kansas City. And um, – even more so, you know, there was going to be the, the matchup that everyone wanted to see that year. It was going to be me versus Matt Hall, and they got one, <laughs> you know. And there was probably a solid, I don't know, probably eight, nine, ten thousand people there that were all came, came come to see it, who came to see a uh, came to see a show, and they definitely got one. Um, they definitely got a show, and uh, I think that it was exactly what it what Lincoln had needed in order to try to generate their fan base. A little bit, a little bit of excitement going into next year, knowing that this team had something going on. Well, let's talk about next season now. Uh, do you see yourself back in Lincoln, or what, what's your current plans for the upcoming year? 
Right now, I am a free agent by all definitions. So I had done my, my, my first year, and then I just finished my, uh, my, my team option. And so now that leaves me in a position where I have the option to go pretty much wherever I want in the world to go play baseball. Um, obviously, again, my goal is to be a major leaguer. Um, but at this point, I am in a position where I'm going to go wherever baseball takes me, um, you know, and I know that uh, I, have some, uh, I have some friends in the American Association who are going to be willing to have me if, if baseball takes me back that way, and uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes from now. But I know that I'm in a very good situation in Puerto Rico where they also have a lot of connections, and, you know, I could be a phone call away from doing a lot of different things. So, you know, I just, I just don't know what's happening right now for me. So in the meantime, my goal is to show up and put up a lot of, you know, wins for the city of Ponce and just be able to just, you know, continue to hone my skills and get better and uh, continue opening eyes. And that's, that's kind of where my focus is at. Is there any chance your teammate from 2022, Garrett Delano, gets you to go play a little bit of banana ball? <laughs> uh, look man all all the options are on the table uh you know if there's a chance that i go and play banana ball then there might be a chance i go and play banana ball it might be a little bit of a nice little uh you know treat for me to say hey like you know i don't have to always take myself too seriously and then i can you know play this game as well it's it's, it's that's the beauty of, of of baseball it's just that it can be interpreted so many ways and you know, there's so many ways to, you know, enjoy yourself in, within the sport. And I'm glad that the Savannah Bananas are, you know, out there doing their thing. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's another way for people to share the love of the sport that, you know, we all grew up with and all that we've been introduced to and how we're going to continue introducing to the future generations. And it's just another avenue for everybody. Well, Greg, that kind of begs the question: How would you look in a big yellow uniform like that? I mean, we gotta ask, like a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like a giant banana? <laughs> I don't know. Man. <laughs> Yellow's not really my color, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has has Lincoln, Brett Jody, coming back again next year, has the team reached out at you at all and been like, hey, look, we'd really like to have you back? Or you're just right at this moment, you're playing baseball in Puerto Rico, you're not really worried about that? Um, No, I've talked to Brett already. I mean, mean, the thing is, um, I think at the end of September, the beginning of October, uh, the league released all of the names and all the the personal inf- the personal contact information of all the uh, players who um, who are going to be free agents for the for the upcoming year, and so uh, my name is on that list. And so I've received phone calls from I would say probably ninety percent of the league expressing interest in having me on their team. Uh, but ultimately, though, uh, I've made sure that you know. I, I would talk. I w- I'm going to be talking to to Brett, and I've had talked. I've talked to him already, and just made sure I'm communicating what it is that's going on. Um, but you know, I've uh, I've, exp- I, I've 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 been you know talking. But the thing is, like right now, that's future Greg stuff, and I am focused on 
current present Greg activities and making sure that current Greg is pitching to the highest to his highest abilities, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. That would seem kind of hard to do. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, fun, I would gather, when you have, you know, there's going to be a bunch of teams that are interested in having you come in there. But I, it would seem like you'd want to still try to figure out where you were going next year. Is it is it easy to set that aside right now and just focus on pitching? Yeah, that's easy. I mean, that's stuff that, like, again, like, it, it's just it's just not, it's not the front of my brain right now. But the thing is, like, I have a job to get the guy in the box back on the bench and you know i i don't really have to i mean just i it's, i mean you can put the situation and say hey like you know who's going to be calling you first is it going to be puerto rico is it going to be venezuela japan mexico you know and the thing is like you can think about that all day but ultimately i have to get the i got to get these guys out i got to get the numbers up and you know then i can worry about that stuff when the season is over and you know it's kind of the same way for me right now. Like I'm here. I made my I made I made my commitment to this organization, and my commitment now is to just put the ball over the plate and make sure that guys are sitting on the bench when I'm on the mound. And that's just what I'm focused on. Now we had you on a, a couple of months ago. You talked about you felt like for you personally the season your your career had kind of you know turned the corner so to speak here. Um, mm-hmm. you had such a successful 2022. Do, do you feel like, man, I'm, I'm just building on something and, and next year is going to be even better. And I, I, I got a whole nother level to take this to. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm already feeling that to be honest with you. I mean, after the game that I threw, you know, on Saturday night, I mean, just like you said, like, yeah, there could have been a lot of pressure, but the thing is, if I'm thinking about it differently already, and then I go in there and I'm throwing, you know, five shutout innings against, some really talented, you know, triple-A big leaguers and, you know, all this stuff, and I'm still putting up numbers, like, there must be something going on with what the, what, what's what I'm doing. And, you know, I think that it only continues to build my confidence as a pitcher. And so, for me, I, I just think that, like, there is no limit for me. And I think that, you know, the more that I pitch in front of people in different places, I think the more I'm going to be open as to who I am and what I can do. And I feel like at that point, I mean, there has to be an opportunity that's going to be out there waiting for me. So I just, I just continue to do my thing, and I continue to work, and I should continue to try to find ways to get better as a baseball player. What is your with the pitching in Puerto Rico? What does your training change at all this year? What What do you do between now when when baseball season's over and the Caribbean League? in preparation for 2023 in, in independent or wherever you wind up? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as soon as the American Association League end, ended, I came back home and I, um, I, I helped coach with my, um, my pitching coach who I've had for the last 11, 12 years now. He has a son now who's about 15, and so that was the age that I'd start working with, 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 with his father. And so now I kind of pay it forward and I start, like, I'm helping coach with his, his son and, you know, the t- and the three or four teams that we've kind of put together, as, uh, you know, as, as a team together. And so, you know, I work with him and uh, in exchange, like, as I'm coaching, I'm also learning how to, how to do some things on my own and use my work to, like, understand how to uh, pitch more, 
vibrantly with the stuff that's in mind. And in exchange, like, these kids get some pretty good, in, you know, information. And so I do that for, for, for the, the duration of the time that I'm going to be here from, uh, you know, beginning of September till, till, you know, early November or early October. And so I come out here and, you know, they have me set up with a, uh, a nice hotel room and it's spacious. And so I went to the uh, local uh, Walmart and I got some exercise mats. And so now I do uh, yoga and I do high-intensity training in here. Right, I roll out of bed and I get, I get right to my workouts. And so, you know, I'll do that, and then I'll do some arm care stuff, and then I'll head to the field, and by the time I'm at the field, I've done everything that I need to do um, uh, before I even get to the field. So now I just got to show up. I play catch, and I shag on the days I need to shag, and uh, from there, I just study the hitters at each game. And I'm, I have a notebook, and I'm making my notes, and I'm talking to, to, to the coaches, and I'm talking to some of the, the vets here who have been here for the last 10, 12 years, and... You know, when we're just all kind of just, you know, sharing information, and this is all just enriching my knowledge as a baseball player to my level, and it's taking me to the next. And so, you know, it's everything that I need in order to take my, 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 my game to the next level, and I think that I'm uh, doing my best to take advantage of this entire situation from top to bottom. You know, American fans remember – Mark Hamburger of St. Paul, and Mark Hamburger was heavy into yoga. How much have you incorporated yoga into getting yourself prepared to pitch? Um, well, I've been doing yoga for about two years now. Uh, I was something I kind of picked up during the pandemic, and, uh, you know, just I, I was very much in the situation where I had just gotten released by the White Sox. And so, you know, my feelings were hurt and I was like, you know what, like, you know, forget them. Like, let me, let me go ahead and, and make these people regret letting, letting me go. So I made sure I was going to get myself into the best shape I possibly could. And that involved uh, my flexibility. And so the more that I did it, I realized that the yoga was also, you know, training my mind and, you know, after a few short months, I realized that I, I was feeling like I was a different person. And so I, I started taking that into my, into, my, uh, into my everyday routine as far as, like, once, you know, 2021 season started and, you know, I was doing it before every game. And, you know, now I'm doing it, uh, you know, in 2022. And it's, uh, it's, it's part of my daily routine. And I think that, you know, you can call me granola, you can call me, you know, hippy-dippy, like whatever you want to call me. All I know is that it actually does help me um, with my routine. It helps me feel refreshed. It helps me hit the recharge button. And, uh, uh, and it allows me to come into each game clear-headed and, and ready for and, – and I feel like I'm prepared to throw and execute my game. Well, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Greg, you know, I'm going to let you head out of here tonight, but – you're a veteran now, so I know you got a great final thought for us here tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, my final thought is that uh, I feel very, very fortunate that uh, you guys enjoy having me on the show. It uh, it means a lot to me, and I just want you guys to know that like I really enjoy spending time and chatting with you guys about this whole thing. Like it's just been. Uh, it's been such an opportunity for me to just uh, continue pursuing my dream, and I 
really, really appreciate you guys shining, shining some light on that with your platform. And I really hope that, like, you know, as as this thing continues on, that I can continue being part of the show, and hopefully I can be, a, you know, a 50-time veteran on, on your show at some point when I'm down in the big leagues, you know. And I hope this also gives you guys an opportunity to talk to some of the future ball players that will be coming through my route and kind of taking the uh, the journey that I'm on on a similar in a similar fashion. So, you know, I just think that you guys are doing something very, very special, and I really appreciate you guys um, believing in me and believing in this journey. And uh, you know, I can't I can't be more thankful. So, thank you guys for 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 having me on the show again. Well, thank you for being a guest. We appreciate it very much, Craig. Yes, thanks thank for doing you. this. Of course, thank you. Well, Kevin, great having Greg Minnie around, uh, three-time guest for this season, and uh, lo- looks like he's got good stuff going on now down there playing Caribbean ball, and hopefully we won't see him next year. Hopefully that winds up working out for him. You know, the uh, talk we had with him after we had him on, I, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if I should uh, venture into a new um, occupation and try to become an agent. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good idea. American Association players. And that's a heck of an idea out there because uh, we, 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 you could help get some of these guys moving on the next part of your life. And, you know, agents make some good money, Kevin, if you're doing doing a good job at it. No doubt about it. You could, you could be the guy. Well, Kevin, let's look back on the Lincoln Salt Dog season here for a moment as we continue on through our series. And uh, a team that as you talked about, comes into the season with a big chip on their shoulder after dropping those final two games against Houston. And, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, what's the hangover to this? To this? And it took a little while for this team to get rolling, but finally come back with a, a big stretch run down in the final month of the season, wind up making the playoffs for the first time in five years. It was a sneaky little season, I thought, for the Salt Dogs because – when you're in that meat grinder of a division where you had Fargo, Winnipeg, and Kansas City all playing top-to-notch baseball, it's gets to be a little easy to be forgotten. And when uh, Lincoln just hung out in that, I believe they were third for a while until Winnipeg really got rolling, and then they were kind of teasing them fourth and fifth of Sioux City for the rest of the season before finally getting that four spot. And I just think sometimes when you have a team like that, it's easy to it's easy to forget about them. And, you know, I think we could be a little guilty of that. As a, you know, they weren't a, they weren't a, a flashy team at all. They just went out and they played decent baseball. They didn't play great baseball. They didn't play bad baseball. They just were they were good. And I think one of the big issues for this club was it, the lineup seemed to be lacking. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I, that, that's kind of a harsh word. I, I'm not intending to use. Just, Justin Bird was off to such a huge start for this club, and and then got signed, heading heading for Mexico there. And it just seemed like the 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 big bopper in the in the lineup, or the guy who set the table for everybody, was gone. And it. This looked hard for them to get going. Hunter Clannon had a good season for them, but Josh Altman, you know, battled a little bit, and Garrett Delano had a fine season, but wasn't a big power number. They they just didn't have the big, you know, bat in the lineup. And uh, so to the pitching staff, you got to give credit to the fact that these guys were keeping this team in games for a long time. 
And as you said, when you're competing against a, a Fargo and a, a Winnipeg that had Max Murphy and David Washington, and you got a great lineup there in Kansas City, you know, you got to have in this in this division. I think you got to have three or four guys that are hitting 18, 19 home runs to even compete. Well, Kevin, let's uh, continue on here now. And I, I think what we're looking at here is uh, let's talk br briefly about because I, I think this is a, a very smart move by Winnipeg. I, I think there are a lot of people, Kevin, when Winnipeg needed a new manager who thought, man, they're going to go out and get somebody right away. They're going to find their guy right off the bat. Looks like this is a this is they're they're taking their time. They're going to make sure the guy who takes over for Rick Forney really is in the driver's seat and is the right guy for the job. I've been told there's uh, two or three top candidates for the position, and as usually is our luck with this show, as people know, we record on Monday nights. So when we get a wrap on this show. Inevitably, our luck will be that Winnipeg will make the announcement on Tuesday morning, and by the time this show is out, Winnipeg has a manager, and our whole conversation has been rendered useless. <laughs> it does seem to work out that way. You know, I think we might have to have an addendum segment on uh, every every week as it goes on, because it, it is crazy working out that way. And uh, but but I again, you know, I, I they were definitely, I'm sure they got. 50 calls and, and probably reached out to another, if they wanted to, another 10, 15 guys out there about the job and, and making sure they're getting the right guy out there. Because Rick Forney, you could say whatever you want, but that guy won games and he developed prime talent. And that's 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 one of the primo jobs in independent baseball, you got to say. It's a desired position and the team has such a winning tradition. It started off right away with uh, two years at, or three years that Doug Simnick managed in. Winnipeg, and uh, Hallenier took the job and ran with it, and obviously what Forney was able to do for all those years, it just, it's a winning tradition in Winnipeg, and it's a great situation to go to, but within that, there's also the pressure that those fans up there are going to expect a winning team, so it'll be interesting to see who eventually gets the spot with the Gold Eyes. Well, let's go around the American Association here, Kevin, and talk about transactions that occurred. And I, I'm going to tell you, I think this is one of the most interesting ones of the week. Um, a lot of contracts were exercised this week, and we're going to start with Kansas City. who comes out with David Thompson, Matt Hall, John Harris. Not, not surprised by any of those moves out there at all. Um, also uh, exercising the contract on Alexis Almeida and Brian Glowicki. Not a surprise with that. Gabby Guerrero had his contract exercised. I was a little surprised at that because I thought he was retiring, but Maybe that retirement was a little shorter than we thought. Well, I'll say it every week you talk about it, Rob. And right now, this, all this stuff is just word salad. It doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot right now. So I don't put much stock into anything that happens this time of year. Yeah, you have a good point there. Uh, Garrett Alexander uh, had his contract loaned to uh, uh, Quintana Rue, I guess the way you would say that in the Mexican League and Tristan Carranza heading back to Yucatan in the Mexican League from Lake Country. Um, Sioux Falls exercised the contract on Willie Abreu. I'm assuming that that is – I thought that they lost his contract when um, that deal sort of got reneged and um, Wyatt Ulrich returned to the club, but I 
I guess he's still technically Sioux Falls property at this point. So let's find out a little bit more about that because that's an interesting scenario, I think. So Chicago exercising contract on a number of their guys, including Jordan Kipper, Kyle Murphy, uh, Anthony Greer, Grant Kay, and Joe Cavaliero, Cavallaro, I guess is the way to say that. Um, so a uh, few of those guys had big additions for Chicago, prime guys out there. Hector Sanchez returning or had his ex contract exercise for Milwaukee. So a lot of nice moves out there, guys making sure, teams making sure that they have stake on their players. And uh, it'd be nice to see Hector Sanchez. Maybe he could, after that beating he took in the championship series, uh, probably enjoying his rest right now. No doubt about it, Dan. What will we know if Minor League Sports Report picks up our options? <laughs> it is your option is always picked up, Kevin. You are a permanent member. Uh, no, no option necessary on that one. That one whatsoever. I do not believe. Okay, so we we did talk last week a little bit about uh, uh, schedules. I don't. I do not believe that we had any other great news going on around in the American Association this week. Did I miss anything that uh, happened out there? that you could think of? I don't think so. I'm sure that teams are <laughs> that operate their own ballparks are probably getting ready to throw some kind of winter festival at their ballparks. But baseball-wise, I don't think there's a heck of a lot going on right now. I don't know when maybe the winter meetings are coming up in December. Hopefully it's to the point now where there will actually be they'll actually be able to have a real winter meeting for everybody will be able to get together within the business and, and of course, have the what the MLB called the partner leagues um, join in on, the, in on that. So we shall see. One of these years, you and I are going to get out to that. I don't know when that will happen or <laughs> who's going to help us make it happen, but we're going to try. At some point, we're, you and I are going to get out. Or... <laughs> you become the wait staff or something. Maybe they'll let us in then. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Frontier League. Derek Showman was uh, signed and uh, going to be joining the Minnesota Twins big league staff for next season. So congratulations to him coming out of, uh, I believe that this is out of, uh, let me make sure, because I want to say that this is Florence, but I don't think I'm going to be right if I say that. So I'm going to see if I'm... Probably Schomburg. Schomburg. You are right. So Schaumburg and Lake Erie was where he is coached at. So congratulations out there to Derek. Well-deserved. Also in the Frontier League, uh, they, former big leaguer Carl Craigie will join the Florence Yalls as the pitching coach for next year. So big addition here, there for him. No big news going on in the Atlantic League right now. Is, uh, they're, I guess, taking a little hiatus and prepping for next season. And uh, other than ownership in Lexington, we talked about next last week because I don't think they have anything going on. So I think that is uh, uh, not a very uh, exciting week out there in independent baseball, I guess, where we're at now, Kevin. To the lad that's starting the Minnesota Twins, boy, you better be, better be boned up in your um, analytics because they like their analytics in Minnesota. They don't um, – there's no hunches. With managing the twins, it's all analytics. That's right. So uh, don't uh, don't think you're going to be coming in with you. You got a feeling of what would be the right move there. I don't want to hear any of that there. So I guess it's working though. That's the way to go. And we've talked to a couple of 
guys out there that say that it could be swinging back the other direction, and I'll be honest with you, Kevin, I would not be disappointed if we had less statistics guiding things and more managers just understanding what it takes to win. I didn't watch any Minnesota Twins games this year. Did they Did they make the playoffs? Uh, they fell short. Uh, that's all I can tell you. And, and I think you and I both found out that the Houston Astros won, and I, I don't know how they are in analytics. So uh, maybe, that, uh, maybe that's a clue to somebody out there. Just a thought. Well, Kevin, uh, how about our final thoughts for this week? Our final thought. Boy, uh, if you asked me for my final thought on Wednesday night, I would have been pretty animated, but um, we'll try to <laughs> get away from anything too controversial this time. Let's see. What should we talk about, Rob? Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, how about if we talk about... Um, Uh, you know, Kevin, it seems like every year they want to add something in to try to make baseball better or faster or more appealing or, or, or something out there. Uh, you and I got to watch a very exciting American Association season with no uh, none of those kind of goofy rules added in, and where, you know, no shift banning and, and things like that. So what, what what's your take on... Should there be any changes in baseball out there, Kevin, or should we just be rolling with where we're at? I think Major League Baseball would be pretty wise to take just a good hard look at what the American Association is doing because they're doing a lot of things right in that behalf in which they're letting the game breathe. They're letting the game be played out. Um, There's no... There's no pulling the guy after four innings because of a hunch. They're not. Uh, there's no guy just pitching the first inning. There's not a. I maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to ask a manager next time I'm on. But I don't think they have huge binders or computer readouts on on hitters. It's just pure baseball. And to me, you hear a lot of people talk a lot online mostly because that's where I hear more people talk than anything, that baseball's become boring. The analytics have made it a very boring game. And what I think the American Association has done is they've brought baseball back to its roots, where it's a game where you the object is to be better than the other team and you don't care about, about what a computer's going to tell you. And... I think Major League Baseball really needs to get back to their roots. I know they're trying to make it the make it a game that caters to all generations, but I think they're losing the fans that they did have, and I don't think they have reeled in the younger fans like they wish they would have. You know, this may sound like like I'm being over the top, but. You know, I, I think when you conti- continuously look at, here's what the computer says you ought to do in this situation, and here's what the computer says about who should be batting here, and here's what the analytics say about this kind of thing, it's like watching a chess match between two computer players is what I feel like right now. It's like, well, okay, you know, <laughs> what's challenging about this? Because it's all programmed in, and, and I... Uh, baseball wasn't meant to be played that way. You know, it, it, uh, it, it's a sport where 
a, a guy's hot because he's he's got a hunch about you know when the pitches are coming his way or whatever you know uh, and it's uh, it's not because baseball some computer said his statistics were good whatever you know so uh, I, I'm with you I I hope that, that at some point somebody realizes and and you know you and I were talking about that there's there's a, there's a a belief out there that things are going to swing back the other way. I hope that winds up working out because baseball is getting boring, Kevin. To me, it's not about the spin rate. It's not about the speed of the ball coming off the bat. It's not about launch angle. It's about did the pitcher get the batter out? Did the hitter get a base hit? And did a, the batter hit a home run? Exactly right. Exactly right. Period. Well said. That's our period. period. That's that's right. That's a, that's a good ending there. Well, we want to once again thank Greg Minier for joining us this week. Next week, Kevin and I will continue on through our series. I believe having Ryan Zimmerman on next week from the Gary South Shore Railcats to talk about their season. We'll have somebody from Gary for sure. I don't. Ryan's out there doing college basketball, and so we'll bring somebody in here to talk a little bit with us. So that'll be fantastic. So for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We will see you next week on This Week in the Association.